Hi, you're back with Ella and Sadie for another episode of Movie Madness. Today we will be discussing our differing views on The Greatest Showman. After recently watching the film starring Hugh Jackman, The Greatest Showman, me and Ella came out with differing opinions. Yes, so I'm typically more of a see films through rose-colored glasses, meaning I can go into a film and even if it's ranked, you know, 40% by Rotten Tomatoes and everyone else hates it, generally I'm someone who will find something to enjoy from it, even if it isn't my favorite film. And so, acknowledging my own bias going into this film, I did come out with a more favorable view than Sadie, um, and particularly enjoyed the musical aspect of the film. I can definitely agree and say that I enjoyed the musical aspect. I do think it wasn't because there was any emotional connection to the film, because I had heard the songs before I went into the film, so I'd already you know, listened and decided which ones I liked. There were parts of the film where I did like the songs more because of it. However, I I don't think I'm very harsh on movies, but there are a lot of films where I do just notice mistakes that they make, and it's hard to just overlook that, especially when there's so many that were made. So could you tell me more about these mistakes? Um, for one, I can easily say there wasn't much of a coherent storyline, so that's more of just a bad movie <laughs> rather than a mistake. Just So do you think the bad storyline was due more in part to the incomplete story, the inherent story, or the fact that the writers had a good story but they misrepresented the story through the writing process. In all honesty, P.T. Barnum is just not a good person. I'm, I get that it's more so he started the entertainment industry than specifically like, sh- or more show business rather than specifically circuses. But yeah, I just don't think any of the characters really evolved. And especially him, he did not have any redeeming qualities which they tried to implement in his storyline with, I forget the girl, the side character with red hair Mm -hmm. that he brings into his show business. And his redeeming quality is essentially not cheating on his wife, which is not very much a redeeming quality. That's a really low standard. And I know, I'm pretty sure that's for the film purely, and it wasn't an actual historical event of him cheating on his wife. Do you think, in terms of redeeming qualities, I agree with that perspective, and I did kind of get that uncomfortable feeling watching the film, and especially that aspect, because I felt like, really? Like, is this the best we can do? But at the same time, if I did have to list redeeming qualities that came across to me as a viewer for P.T. Barnum, whether or not this is true or not, historically, the film, to me, I saw that he was driven, ambitious, 
a family man, loving, and kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit. I found that he was only driven and ambitious at the cost of others. At face value, it seems like he's very accepting of these differing people, but he really does it solely as a way to make money. He doesn't really care about their feelings, which is actually addressed in the song, This Is Me. And while that's great, the film just doesn't come full circle very much. And the fact where he realizes he made the mistake only after everything that he's tried to fight for has burned down, not actually physically, not that his relationships has burned down, but the literal building that he has come attached to has burned down, which is remarkably selfish to me. So what's your view on the idea of keeping it within the historical context of time period of the piece? Um, where you have a lot of these um, acts that he brought in, which are essentially people, marginalized people on the margins of society that aren't given the same opportunities, unfortunately, as everyone else. And today in 2019, there's plenty of different ways where we provide opportunities and acceptance for these type of people more than just having using them as a tool, essentially. But instead being, you know, you have value placed in society to do what you want to do, not just what we need to to do to make money. What's your view on the idea of these people that in the 20s or whatever, when this was all taking place, these people weren't even given a chance at a job. And even though he is using them for money, how do you feel about the idea that at least now they are getting seen? And what do you think that, how did that first contribute, that first initial exposure in into the limelight in the first initial saying of we are here we do exist how influential do you think that was to gaining actual rights that were beyond just selfish um well historically obviously you can't hop from being at the bottom to the top society just doesn't let you do that it is gonna take the people who are at the top to want to help you there and the majority of the time the people that are helping you there are doing it for their own self-interest but the the movie and I think our disagreement in the movie doesn't really come down to historically much other than my only issue is it just doesn't give the the movie a very good foundation period so I think that's one of the biggest flaws it's just I mean it's not an insanely enticing movie idea, which could be the fact that, like you said, 2019, you're in a much more diverse population of people that are much more accepting than it was back then, which is good, so it makes it uncomfortable to watch movies where, they aren't, where they're not, and so you don't like these characters when that's how they're supposed to be. I would have thought that the movie would have been better if they didn't even try to have him have a redeeming arc because he doesn't. His character just simply, he never, other than maybe being a family man, which he does very poorly at until he rides a terribly CGI'd elephant to his daughter's dance recital, which was arguably the worst part of the movie, in my opinion. 
Mine too. <laughs> and yeah, he just never really has that redeeming quality. It would have just been better for the movie if they had kind of focused more on the marginalized people and been like, yes, this is them. And they're honestly the, the not the people who are right, but the, the people who are good in this movie and not the person who is taking advantage of them. Mm. So to me, in a movie like this, there are kind of three components that I evaluate, you know, consciously and subconsciously. Um, That would be plot, characters, and uh, in this case, the musical component. And I think we've talked a fair amount about um, plot and, or lack thereof, um, due either to the writer's uh, poor judgment or to the lack of story in the beginning. We've talked about characters, namely P.T. Barnum, who's kind of the main protagonist character. Um, and it could be argued that, I, I do agree, I wish there was more, I, when I think of The Greatest Showman, I think of Hugh Jackman, I think of um, P.T. Barnum. Uh, just as you said, the protagonist gave me a thought that even how they tried to the side character, the girl with the red hair, still don't know her name, they kind of tried to portray her as the antagonist, if mm-hmm. anything. And I think they would have just done much better if it was kind of a self versus self type of issue where P.T. Barnum was more of his own antagonist and he wasn't even really the protagonist at all. This, that kind of made me think of something. I wonder if The um, if the Greatest Showman passes the, the Bechtel test, which oh. is... Yes, yes. Would, Go would ahead you, and explain. Okay. So the Bechtel test is a test um, that evaluates a piece of literature or film based on if two or more female characters have an interaction with each other, period, and in doing so, do so without mentioning um, a man. Yes, I believe it's a some sort of conversation. Yeah. And from the top of my head, I cannot confirm that it passes the test, especially if the wife and the mistress ever came into contact. Surely it was about P.T. Barnum's either affair or his growing success when surely their conversation could have been about her own success being an amazing singer in the movie renowned as the most amazing singer I believe in Britain Mm -hmm. they even had a weird callback to like the Queen of England or something in the movie if I remember correctly which also marks one of my least favorite moments in the movie. I think I'm, I'm starting to kind of shift my perspective a little bit. If only to go from a... Pers- my perspective is that I still really enjoy the music. I still enjoy the movie. But to me, it would have been made more effective. And it's quite disappointing, actually, that the movie is so tied up in P.T. Barnum, um, played by Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Correct? Jackson. Jackman. 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 
And um, <laughs> just keep saying it. Jackman, Hugh Jackman. And instead, I think it would have been made a more interesting film, to say the least, if the protagonist and the hero wasn't this one man who is so unrepresentative of the vast majority of population and quite frankly not relatable whatsoever. Um, but instead, all of the other marginalized characters who, through their brokenness, become more relatable to everyone because everyone experiences their own sense of alienation or um, ostracism or brokenness, whatever form that might be. And that is what is truly to be celebrated versus a heterosexual white man who is trying to climb to the top. Altogether, not very compelling for the vast majority of the population. I agree. And in addition to just being a very bland, unrepresentative man of the whole population, I love how they, and note my sarcasm here, how they try to enforce this he's a working man type of idea at the beginning when he's just working on I'm not exactly sure what if you could tell me um whenever I mean he I know he works um for his daughters he's the idea that he's this inventor and he's um I mean that's a testament how little how uh uninspiring that piece of the movie was. Oh, I I mean, I meant at the, like, the start of the movie when he's just working and they said they lost the shipments in, like, the East India Sea or something. So he's like a merchant. And, yeah, like a merchant, but there's a lot of the workers, so he's just one of many, a bee in the beehive, and they lose their main source of income and I think he actually says the words so are we going bankrupt and I'm sure many people that struck a chord with them before he rambled into an incoherent storyline and character arc that made absolutely no sense. So essentially he's the modern day version of the man who works nine to five to support his family in a small cubicle and a job that he hates and yet is turned into this hero for the working common man, which uh, there's a lot of people who end up working the nine to five job at a job that they hate and it's unfortunate, but it doesn't make a great story. <laughs> yeah, especially when they don't see it through, I suppose, and they get lost in the extravagance of it all and the extravagance of simple things like the movie set and just the fact that it's Hugh Jackman and they have a big a big actor and they just decide not to carry his storyline coherently or just thoroughly they start at one place and at another with no real line of how they got there. And to me, this big actor thing is such an interesting concept because it's the idea that we as a public, um, as a consumer, are able to allow movies and allow these productions to produce somewhat less quality um, because they have this big name actor. 
and I think about all of the recent movies and um, TV shows that I've enjoyed, and frankly, they've been the ones, the ones that have been the most poignant and the most interesting to me have been the ones that have had a cast, a diverse cast that I've known none of the actors prior to watching. So for example, um, Black Mirror, the cast changes every single episode. They're, it's not the general same faces that you see every, you know, every time you look out into the movie, TV sphere. Um, and it makes it more interesting because it forces the plot to be worth watching because you don't have that big name that's kind of tricking you into thinking that the movie will automatically be a success. So as a result of doing this podcast and having this conversation, I initially started out with the mindset that The Greatest Showman was um, not only a great movie, but also had a great soundtrack. And I still stick by the soundtrack um, mentality. However, I was moved to kind of reevaluate and look deeper into why I like The Greatest Showman, which then led me to have more reasons why I dislike it. (laughs) And um, many of those reasons kind of stem down to the um, incoherent plot and the emphasis on what I consider to be the wrong um, character, which is Hugh Jackman. I think the other characters should be more prominent and their story should be highlighted. I wholeheartedly agree with your comment on the music. I personally really enjoyed it. We didn't get much into it. It is very poppy, but that is easily what they were going for, and I thought they successfully accomplished that aspect of the movie, and if anything, it only added, making the movie more emotionally charged. When it comes to the character, I feel like we can both agree there is too much emphasis on P.T. Barnum in the wrong way. However, I do see that I could take a step back from the historical part of the movie and realize that at the end of the day, I think the actors did a good job, the writers not so much, and it's an enjoyable movie if you can take yourself significantly out of it. Thank you for tuning in to our episode of Movie Madness. We hope to inspire your own discussions on The Greatest Showman. Let us know if you had any differing ideas, any points of view, we would be happy to hear them. And we hope to have you tune in to our next episode on Movie Madness. <laughs>